Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Girl Power Hour. Uh, I'm your host, Tasha Humphreys, and I have opened the phone lines up today. Um, my question last week after the election was, where do we go from here? I think that was a question for, for many. Um, I was lucky enough to have a guest on last week, just the day after the election, when when the news was just hitting, many of us, um, and and though some of us were celebrating, some of us were grief-stricken, and um, in a bit of shock, um, and as such, it was interesting to have uh, Daniel Katsuk on, and again, I want to say thank you to Daniel for being on uh, the show. We, we're going to have him on again, by the way. I'll talk about that more in a minute, but um, it was good to have him on and good to talk through some of the emotions coming up and just some of the things that, you know, suddenly became very apparent for those of us who weren't celebrating and um, and the work that lies ahead. As such, um, where do we go from here became a topic that I felt very clearly we would need to discuss. So I've opened the phone lines up today. Anyone listening is welcome to call in with suggestions. This is not a a conversation about the politics occurring right now or any of the news that um, is being shared. Uh, Not that I have anything against discussing any of that, but um, the show's not quite long enough to get into any of that. And to be quite honest, I'm not qualified to host a political show. So I would prefer to keep it to suggestions and ideas and thoughts about how we move forward and where we go from here. Um, There may be no calls, and if there are not, uh, I know it's not because people haven't showed an interest in speaking so much as it is. The time that I host the show, uh, people typically are at work, and many have contacted me to apologize for not being able to call in. And also some, uh, even though calls are anonymous, uh, don't feel quite safe just yet to speak out, even if they're just offering suggestions and ideas. And for those of you feeling that, first of all, let me say I'm sorry. Um, That's unfortunate. Uh, We should all feel emotionally safe to speak Uh, our hearts and our minds and express ourselves and be true to ourselves. And always please know that when you do call into the show, unless you choose otherwise, uh, yes, it's always anonymous. Uh, And I always respect any, any callers opinions. Uh, If things get ugly, you know, I'll just shut it down. (laughs) But uh, when people are being respectful, I have no problem listening to another perspective. So any calls are welcome and the phone lines are open. That said, oh, and the number, in case you aren't aware and didn't see it on our Facebook page, is 602-753-1589. You can call in with suggestions and ideas for moving forward and words of wisdom if you have any. Certainly, I've been sharing quite a bit online from other people who have been um, very, I guess, patient with other people's processes and certainly offered quite a bit of guidance and advice for the rest of us. That's one thing I would like to start with speaking on. Um, Moving forward in, 
any situation, regardless of the change, whether it be from a relationship in your life, uh, a new job that you're taking, uh, a job that you're leaving, um, any situation that comes to an end and takes you into an unknown, which is quite frankly what we are in now uh, as a country. Even if we think we know, we don't. We don't know. We're in unknown territory. Uh, We are every time we get a new leader. Um, In this situation, there's been a lot of emotion based on a lot of things said in the campaign, but um, as President Obama, and yes, he is still president until January 20th, uh, as President Obama has stated, uh, that job wakes you up. I can't imagine how it wouldn't uh, when you go from being someone who's possibly most public position was one on reality TV to then being the leader of uh, the United States of America. I would imagine it's a wake-up call uh, to some pretty serious reality, a job I certainly personally would not want. So I would imagine there's a lot of things that get shifted and changed. Um, Some of those I certainly hope that's the case. Um, especially with regard to environmental issues and uh, certainly with regard to diversity in our country and continuing to be a country that uh, says to other countries, you know, give us, you're tired, you're weak, you're poor, you're hungry. I want to continue to be that. That's, that's American to me. And that's something that I admire and love about this country. And I don't want that to change. Um, That said, Moving forward into unknown territory, regardless of where that is for you or what that looks like in your personal life or as a country, we have to be patient with the process because it is a process. And that's the first thing that I would ask everyone to do. Those who celebrated the results in the election and those who were shocked and and then grief-stricken. Uh, regardless of how it looks, we have to practice patience. Um, those who are going through real fear, whether you feel that fear is rational or not, is irrelevant. Because if they're going through it, it's real for them. And it's important to respect that I don't think we need to feed fear. However, I don't think that sharing information or helping people stay aware of their surroundings and the reality of the world they live in is feeding fear. Uh, I think it's important for us to understand the difference. I've, uh, I've seen a lot of, and I'll share this too, along with being patient. Uh, we have to be compassionate and I've seen a lot of light workers and uh, a lot of maybe even counselors and, and a lot of people who consider themselves helpers, uh, whether it be in a spiritual or emotional uh, level. I, I've seen a lot of them 
really encouraging people to just move on and to stop focusing on the quote-unquote negative and just move on, to look at the positive. Now, before I go much further with that, of course we need to try to look at things from a positive perspective. Of course, there are many things happening right now that we could look at very positively. Protests, uh, the peaceful ones, um, those are a positive thing. The uprising of voices and people who are speaking out, not only for themselves but for others, um, that's a very positive thing. Even if something considered by them to be negative provoked it, um, it's a positive to see so many people getting passionate and active and advocating and actually doing something uh, to speak for uh, themselves and for others. That, that level of self-love and advocacy is admirable and needed in the world, and it's, it's beautiful to watch. Um, the violence, of course, that's occurring, uh, I don't, violence, no matter who's causing it, no matter where it's going on or why, of course, violence is not okay. Um, things get heated and, and people lose control, ego takes over. Um, but I've also seen uh, many peaceful protests and I've, I've read an article and, and watched a video of a particular protest that was peaceful up until the end and a fight broke out, a physical fight broke out and a uh, Muslim, a Muslim woman um, threw herself in front of a Trump supporter to protect him. And she ended up protecting him and he called her the hero of the day. Things like that are happening and those are beautiful things. A lot of our media, not all, but a lot of, a lot of the media focuses on, and when I say the media, uh, media outlets, news outlets, focus on the negative. They always have um, because it gets more ratings. <laughs> uh, that's what people seem to want. And that's another area where we can advocate and say, you know, that's not what we want. We do want to see the news. We do want to know what's going on, but we don't want fake news. And we don't want sensationalism. We don't want clickbait. <laughs> we want, uh, you know, help us. You can, the media has so much power to influence how we think. And we watch ourselves being manipulated. You know, the right wing receives a certain kind of news. The left wing receives a certain kind of news from differing outlets. We know this. And uh, as such, you know, we get more divided. I think that has to do with the powers of the world that that we probably never actually see. Um, and they're certainly not Trump or Obama. Uh, I think they're a much more powerful group. Um, but that's where we can advocate and ask for change there as well and ask that we hear the news, but that we decide what it means for us rather than being told what it means. And as I had started to say um, with regard to telling people to just move on and to get over it or to just move forward and accept it, one, we can accept, and when I say we, I mean me, I'm including this, myself in this, because I've been told this, 
we can accept reality without embracing denial because they're two completely different things. So when you tell someone to accept that, you know, Donald Trump is now president or will be uh, inaugurated as president, but then also ask them to just move on from the platform that he ran on, that's asking them to accept and also go into denial. It's, it's a contradictory in terms. So as such, it's important for light workers, counselors, spiritual, you know, helpers, uh, emotional help, people who feel that they have a voice and speak very clearly and try to help others, it's important for us to realize we have to be compassionate about where someone else is and about how the words that were used and the way that the campaign was run affected people on a personal level. And I say that as someone who was personally affected and a little bit shocked that I was, that I was. I've never been personally affected by uh, a presidential campaign before. I've, I've been through election seasons, and, of course, I've had passionate ideas because of my, the way I believe and the policies I agree with or align with. But I've never in my personal life heard a president say, things or admit to doing things uh, or even if other people would prefer this wording, allude to admitting to doing things, um, I would say that I have never in my lifetime been witness to that and then hearing those things and have them pull up my own personal past and my own personal traumas and my own personal uh, History, that's never happened for me. And as such, um, pretty eye-opening. And it was eye-opening in two ways. One, of course, it was new territory. Um, Important in one way. I wrote a thank you letter uh, to Donald Trump about how grateful I was for that mirror and the opportunity to see some maybe unresolved issues and the opportunity for many survivors of assault to start speaking up and speaking out in ways they had never done before. Uh, That is a positive, and that's something to be grateful for. But it also brought up the perspective of race and culture and how if I as a woman – because, of course, I was already offended by much of what he was saying, but it was never anything that would have been directed toward me until then. Um, and so it made me think about race and culture and how often in election seasons are these things brought up and no one realizes that when issues of race and culture come up, that is personal for people in that race or that culture. And so here we are now in a situation where numerous groups were affected and each individual in those groups affected on a personal level. So of course there's going to be protesting. Of course there's going to be a reaction 
an emotional reaction, which is why, unfortunately, some of them have become hate-filled and violent, which as we go forward, that's something we cannot allow. We can't become what it is we are trying to stand against. That defeats the purpose, and then we become the problem. We can't do that. Um, But we can move forward and continue to advocate and continue to speak and continue to turn that fear and anger into action and advocacy. And we can do so with compassion because I've been able to read a few articles about how it's important now to look at the fact that we're no longer red and blue, right or left. And coming up with climate change issues and looking at the environment's um, status and where we stand, and again, if you haven't watched Before the Flood, I can't say enough, watch it, uh, just to know just how serious that issue has become but and how little time we have to address it. We're, we have but a small window of opportunity here. Um, but with that on the forefront, we do have to realize that it's no longer red, blue, right, left. It's, we are one human family. And the creatures on this planet, um, along with us, are a part of that family. They're in our extended family. And, and we have to protect our home. And I think when we can start looking at it that way, then we can become more aligned with each other. More importantly, if we can look at it, you know, as love versus hate rather than red and blue and right and left, uh, then all we have to do is say, okay, do I love, am I, am I speaking from a place of love or do I hate? Am I speaking from a place of hate? And if the answer is, you know, in my heart, I'm advocating because I love myself, I love my neighbors, I love my friends, um, and even with you know, regard to Trump supporters, um, I love myself, I love my family, I love my neighbors, I love my friends, um, then we're all on that same side. We're on the side of love. And then we work to annihilate hate. And I think there are more of us that are on the side of love, regardless of how we voted, um, than on the side of hate. At least that's what I'd like to think. Um, I don't want to see, uh, not that it's up to me, but I don't want to see any more silencing of people. I am fed up with that on social media. As someone who survived abuse of numerous kinds from numerous people and refused to silence myself, thankfully, because if I had silenced myself, I wouldn't have survived, uh, I refused to be silent and I refused to allow someone to silence me. And as such, I'm here today talking to you. And the same is true for everyone out there speaking for themselves, their race, their culture, their gender, their sexual preference, whatever they're speaking for, let them speak. 
If it's inconveniencing you, that's more about you than them. Because we have to be okay with conflict. We have to be okay with conflict. It is not our job as light workers. It is not our job as counselors. It is not our job as spirit spiritual counselors or spirit you know spiritual helpers. It's spiritual guides. However, we label ourselves teachers. Um, it's not our job to avoid conflict and to teach others how to avoid it. That's not what positive thinking is about. That's not what peaceful living is about. Peace comes from the inside, not the outside. An internal locus of control means that you realize that your reactions and how you um, live your life has to do with what's inside you, not what's going on around you. Um, An external locus of control is one where you think that everything that happens to you is because it happens to you. Someone else is to blame. That's not the case. I can stand with someone's conflict. I can hear them, you know, screaming, yelling, whatever. Now, if I've lost my patience, I've had a long day, I might not react as peacefully, but that's going to be about me, not about them, because it's whatever is being surfaced in me. Uh, it's not about them. But if you have inner peace, then you should be able to hear someone else going through whatever they need to go through, talking about whatever they need to talk about, standing wherever they need to stand on a subject, and not be personally, emotionally charged as a result of it. And if you are, then you have an opportunity to look at that then that person is is helping surface something in you that needs to be looked at. And that's something to be grateful for. Um, Now I've been in many conversations recently regarding politics where people have not been respectful. And by not being respectful, I don't mean disagreeing with me. Disagreeing is not the same as disrespect. Um, Posting information that doesn't agree with how you voted is not disrespect. Um, But blatant disrespect, name-calling and, uh, you know, all caps yelling and stuff, Um, not with the intention of emphasis but with the intention of yelling, Uh, labeling, you know, all of that is very disrespectful. And I've, in some cases, been able to say, okay, let's both stop assuming that the other is an idiot and let's both have respect for each other. It's always best to uh, lump yourself in even if you're not assuming that because then you take the defensive, you take that defensive element or the potential to create defensiveness in another person, you take that out. Um, Because in that situation, I do also need to not assume this other person is an idiot. I do also need to be respectful. And once I was able to say that, and say let's move forward and have a, a you know a respectful conversation where we can try to see each other's perspectives and understand each other because that's what's needed right now. The conversation's calmed and they move forward and I gain new friends. Um, that was beautiful. You know, it's a really beautiful moment. I get kind of emotional when that happens, as silly as that may seem, but it's a beautiful thing. 
there were also a few that didn't end that well, but simply because the other person, you know, had anger stemming from something else, clearly not me, and there wasn't really anything I could say or no approach I could take that was going to diffuse it. Um, But then in that situation, you just sign off. You know, you just say, okay, well, clearly we're not going to get to a place where we can even be civilized and just say, I agree to disagree. So, you know, have a good day or, or whatever. But I think moving forward, we have to continue to allow people to speak. We cannot ask people to go into denial. That's not healthy, and that's not light work. Uh, things going on in the world right now, those are things as light workers we do need to see. And there are some, you know, I know that we are, we are in the world. We're not of the world. Well, I agree with you. But that doesn't mean that we are here and we just live in a selfish little bubble where we only focus on our selfish little lives and we only work on our selfish little spirit and we don't care how the rest of the world is affected. That's not what that means. <laughs> what that means is that we don't get into unnecessary fights with people for the sake of our ego and we don't you know, spark that for the sake of our ego. What that means is that we may not connect ourselves to the world and the worldly things going on around us, but we still care, planet, and the other spirits and the other souls here and the creatures here, and we do want to put light and love into the world. And the only way you do that is to be true to yourself, to your spirit, to your soul, and allow others to do the same. It is not healthy silence, people. I cannot say that enough. It doesn't feel good from the other side, and it doesn't help anyone. Because when people see injustice, they need to speak out. When I see injustice, I speak out. That's what this radio show is about. Girl Power Hour wouldn't even exist if someone had tried to silence me or my ex-co-host, Annette Bingham. We would have never put it together if we would have thought that we should just deny any issues happening that affect women or the world itself because this show is not just about women, um, but we do focus on that. Um, So, again, silencing people... (laughs) And I am not at all wanting you to silence yourself. Whoever has taught you that, you know, you need to go along to get along didn't do you any favors because oftentimes you're not being true to yourself if you just go along to get along. Again, conflict is not a bad thing. Conflict is necessary. It's part of life. In every relationship I've ever been in, friendship and otherwise, there is conflict. If there is no conflict, people are not being honest. If people are not being honest, then the relationship doesn't exist. And if people aren't honest in the world, we won't ever make any progress. If Martin Luther King Jr. had feared conflict, if he had been silenced, if he had thought, well, I'll just go along to get along, Look how many changes would not have been made. Look how far behind we would be. Look at where an entire population of people would be. An entire culture would be. An entire race would be. And yes, we still have 
a grand amount of work to do with civil rights, with women's rights, with many issues that we didn't realize we had so much work yet to do until Tuesday, November 8th, maybe even Wednesday, November 9th. But we do. And as such, we need to be able to do it. And as light workers, we need to encourage people to do it. We don't need to encourage denial. We don't need to encourage silence. We don't need to encourage people to avoid conflict. We don't need to focus on negativity by constantly pointing out all the negativity because that is making people focus on it. And if you see everything as negative, then you are negative. It's important for us to rather encourage people to learn how to resolve conflict, to learn how to face conflict within themselves and within the world around them, to learn how to get to a place by facing conflict within themselves where they can be at peace even when the world around them is in chaos. That said, that doesn't mean that while they're at peace, they're not also speaking out against injustice. Again, Martin Luther King Jr., very peaceful man, clearly very much at peace with himself. That doesn't mean that he didn't speak out against injustice. It meant that he was to a place in his life where he had gained a level of inner peace to the point that he could speak out against injustice in a way that was still compassionate and therefore heard. Because we are not heard when we wrap our messages in attacks on people's character. No one listens to us then. We've lost, we've lost the opportunity to be heard once we do that. So as lightworkers, we continue to encourage that. We encourage life skills. We encourage that people see clearly what's going on. There's a song by Perfect Circle, Counting Bodies Like Sheep. It's a song I used in TLR a few times, Threadblocks and Rock. And there's a line in the song, a lyric piece that says, step away from the window, go back to sleep. And I feel like that's what I've been hearing a lot and not just from light workers, from all sorts of people, but from light workers specifically because that's who I'm paying attention to because your voice as a light worker is one that people are listening to. Because when you're a light worker or a counselor, people think you've got it all together. And although we as light workers and counselors know that we don't, people look to you for sanity and serenity when they themselves have not yet acquired it or don't yet know how to do it on their own. So you have to be careful with your words. It's so important to be careful with your words. Not just the way that we address those who disagree with us, but the way that we address those who are listening to us, and myself included. We have careful with our words. Moving forward, our words will be more important than ever before. And as such, 
as light workers and counselors and helpers of any kind and teachers. We have to encourage that people move through whatever process they're in, not get over it, but move through it. And we have to let them know that we understand where they are and that it's okay to be wherever they are and that they will get through it. And we have to trust them to do that. And some of them may be in a deeper, darker place for issues that are coming up in a more personal realm. And then we can encourage that they get whatever help they need to get them through that part of it. But we can't silence people. And we can't tell them not to focus on the negativity because the truth of it is the things that are going on in the world, an oil company wanting to and quite frankly trying to, regardless of what President Obama is telling them, trying to force their way and get their way and drill and do whatever they want to do to sacred land in North Dakota. That reality is not a negative thing. It's a reality. I mean, yes, it's a negative thing. I mean, I don't like it. Uh, It makes me sad. It makes me frustrated. um, And it makes me angry. But it's reality. So if you're asking people not to look at negativity, not to focus on negativity, and in that phrase what you mean is don't look at reality because it's painful, you're asking them again to deny the world around them. And that doesn't help anyone. Um, Clearly, too many of us have been doing that for too long. Those that would agree that where we stand now is in a place we probably thought we wouldn't stand, you know, four or eight years ago. I would think you are with me when I say we got complacent. We got too comfortable. Growth doesn't happen in comfort zones. And that, if nothing else, that has been proven on a national scale, um, at least from my perspective. And even the way that things are turning out, um, the protesting itself, the things that we're talking about, the things that are being protested, Black Lives Matter, the no DAPL, all the different things that are happening in the world, it's like Elizabeth Harbin said when she was on, it's like everything that's ever happened in this country from its birth is surfacing. Every injustice that's ever occurred is surfacing, and we can't deny it. And we can't ask people to be silent about it because it's coming up for a reason. And if you're a light worker, a counselor, a teacher, you know that that surfacing is not something to be further suppressed because then it will just blow up like a volcano. It is something to be looked at, faced, dealt with, and healed. That's the way we move forward. So in terms of where do we go from here, well, as a nation and as individuals and as concerned groups, we need to look at reality, whatever that looks like for us. We need to be able to look at the stuff we don't agree with. We need to be able to read the books that are the exact opposite of how we think and quit just giving ourselves what we already believe to be true. I do this. 
and I have to stop doing it. That doesn't mean that I can't continue to read the things that validate my own thinking and feelings, my own perspective, but if we don't step out of our own perspectives, if we don't step out of our little individual comfort zones, whether we've created a little comfort zone on our social media by deleting everyone we don't agree with and unfollowing everything we don't want to see, or whether we've stocked our libraries with books that only validate what we think, regardless of how we've created our little comfort zones, we've got to get out of them. We have to start reading other perspectives. We have to start looking at other perspectives. We have to start listening to other perspectives. And we can't go into those conversations with, you're an idiot. That's, that can't be the way that we do it. I have friends, many that I love dearly, that voted completely opposite of the way that I did. And, you know, as of last week, there were certainly people that would have had me believing if they had control of my thoughts, they would have had me believing that those particular individuals were racist idiots. They're not. Um, I can say that with full knowledge of their hearts. Um, They voted on policies. And I mentioned this before. um, And let me, let me, Hear me out, okay? You have to remember if you're a liberal listening to this show, which we have a pretty high liberal base, but but we have um, conservatives that listen too. And I hope we increase both sides. But if you're a liberal person who didn't vote Trump, well, let me remind you that conservatives who did thought that regardless of what you're, you were okay with voting someone in who they believe was a murderer, a killer. Um, regardless of whether or not you see that as true, that's what they believe. And that's one of the things they believe. That may not be everything. That may not be one thing that some of them believe, but it's certainly something I heard multiple times. And that's something that they continued to hear whether true or not, is irrelevant. Because on the flip side of that coin, everyone that was voting for Trump based on policies, liberals believed were voting a racist bigot, regardless. A racist bigot who had sexually assaulted women and admitted to it in, regardless of policies. See where I'm going with this? On both sides, people were able to question the other side's morals, the other side's heart, their ethics. All of that came into question on both sides, not just one. And as such, we have to remember that at the end of the day, and I wrote about this before the election, at the end of the day, there were people voting strictly on policies. And they were aware that campaigning and the way the campaign looks was irrelevant to them. They were aware that it was not going to matter in the long run. What they voted on was policies because they knew that everything else would come out in the wash, so to speak. 
So there's a book um, that recently came out, and I, I think I talked about this either with Daniel or Elizabeth. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember who it was, but I remember talking about it on the show. A book called "The End of White Christian America." It's a book by Robert P. Jones, and that particular book talks about, I think, an issue that was pretty big with regard to this election. Um, I'll, I'll let you read about the book. You can go to the um, you can go to Google, you know, just the end of White Christian America, and or look up Robert P. Jones and and look up the book. I'll let you read it yourself. But um, the title tells you what the book is about. And he wrote it before the election. It was originally published in July, so it tells you how far before the election it was actually published. In other words, it had been written long before that because the publishing process takes quite, quite some time. But he was talking about the fact that we're seeing an end to that, that we're seeing an end to the United States of America being predominantly white Christian uh, males, you know. And it was talking about it being white Christian and that that was coming to an end, and the fear and the grief that occurs when people start to see that shift. And so I talked about that in a piece I wrote, um, and that particular book gave me some insight, and I hope to share a little of that as well with you. I was able to see another perspective um, I listened to all the bullying. I saw all the just really inappropriate behavior coming from this man who was trying to be president. And I thought, how in the world could anyone think this is okay? Um, But then I was able to read this, well, parts of this book, and, and I was able to hear this author speak about it. And I thought, okay, here's the compassion point the point where I can see uh, exactly why this would be acceptable. Not necessarily acceptable, but the alternative to what, you know, they they don't want. Um, more importantly, if if I had a candidate, let's let's say let's say it like this. I remember saying that it wouldn't matter to me where the hate was coming from. It didn't matter on which side it was on. I would be against it. But that's not true. It's not true. Because if my candidates, if the candidates were Republican and Democrat and third party, and I was aware third party wasn't going to win, so I wanted to vote, you know, either Republican or Democrat. Not that that's the way you should go. I'm just giving you a giving you a, a hypothetical and the democrat was somehow the hateful guy and i and i don't mean somehow because we can see through some protesting people can get really hateful no matter what side they're on so the democrat was the hateful one slewing and spewing hate and just being absolutely unacceptable in the ways he was acting 
the ways he was speaking, um, <clears throat> the things that were coming up about him or her, whatever. Um, and then the Republican was a woman <laughs> who was very compassionate and seemingly a decent human being and someone I could totally uh, seemingly respect with regard to how they treat people. But being a conservative Republican woman, regardless of how compassionate, her policies were against gay marriage and against women's reproductive rights. That would be a different place for me to be because then I would have to choose between the hateful guy who stood for my policies, who was going to protect my gay friends' marriages and protect my reproductive rights and protect the environment. But he was potentially going to be emotionally unstable and therefore could potentially cause all kinds of problems. Or the woman who was seemingly emotionally stable but who was going to do away with any environmental progress and reproductive rights and any gay marriage rights. That would be difficult. I don't, I don't know what I would do. That puts you in a spin. It makes you not want to vote. And if you do vote, you have to think long-term. What's going to happen? It takes a lot of conversations and a lot of thinking and a lot of going through it in your head. You have to vote on your conscience. I can't imagine what people who were voting for policies had to go through in order to make that decision. So in terms of where do we go from here, we continue to have compassion. We continue to look at that perspective. We continue to step outside of our comfort zones and read other people's perspectives. We continue to read with open minds and open hearts and not go in with assumptions. We continue to listen. We continue to talk. We don't drop important topics and trade them for kitten videos. Kitten videos are bad. They're fantastic. But we need important discussions, and we continue to have them. Moving forward, we get active. We get off our couch. We get out of our house. We get off our Facebook page, and we do. Now, you're going to see me on my Facebook page. And the reason is because I'm a writer. And what I do, I do on my computer. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that I don't need to be out in a peaceful protest. That doesn't mean that I don't need to be hosting a forum, which, by the way, I am putting together with Tricia Earle and Dr. Charlotte Dunham of the Women's Studies Program at Texas Tech University. And when that is uh, announced, I will certainly share that on the Girl Power Hour page, and I will talk about it on the radio show and make sure that you're all aware so that you can come. It is open to local community. And so if you are a local resident, you'll be welcome to attend. And we need to be hosting events for love, togetherness, unity. Uh, Continue to work on the issues that divide us. Continue to address problems of racism, sexism, rape culture, homophobia, xenophobia, we need to continue to address them. Whether you feel Trump feels that way or not is irrelevant because the obvious 
existence of those very real groups of people who certainly believe that way surfaced during the election, during the campaign, and since the election, and it continues to grow. We need to address it. We need to look at it. We need to share it. We need to face it. We need to talk about it. We need to figure out ways to do something about it. We've got to do something about it. And we can't do that by denying that it's happening. We can't do that by unfollowing people that are putting it in our faces. We can't do that by telling people to just get over it. We can't do that. Because then we're just suppressing the world's pain. We're suppressing America's pain. And we don't do that as light workers. We don't suppress as counselors, as teachers. We're supposed to guide people through that process of surfacing, facing, dealing, and healing. And then we can grow as a nation and get past all this. We can't do it if we don't face it. So moving forward, we also deal with bullying. We deal with sexual harassment. We deal with the fact that the working class doesn't feel heard. We deal with the fact that white Christian America is grieving the loss of itself. We look at the fact that Christianity itself has now been divided by like four different parts, progressive, uh, evangelical, left and right. Uh, We really have to look at reality and start having important discussions with each other. And let me tell you guys, it is not going to be filled with positivity and rainbows, but we can look at it from a positive perspective. Growth is necessary. Change is necessary. And it's inevitable. And healing is necessary for growth to occur. So if all of this is surfacing, let's let it surface. And let's dive in and help. And let's continue to have these discussions with each other, with those we agree with and those we don't agree with. And let's invite real conversation. And let's have empowerment walks, you know. Let's have uh, vigils at night where we actually light candles and we pray together in whatever way you see prayer, even if it's just standing there and speaking intentions. Let's do something. And let's help other people rather than telling them to just get over it or just, focus on what they love and not what they hate because looking at reality doesn't mean you're hating. Sharing reality doesn't mean you're hating. Making people aware isn't about hate. That's very much about love too. Love is not enabling. So let's continue to help people turn their fear and their anger, which is justified, but as light workers, we know getting stuck there, I mean, they can feel it. Let them feel it. Don't tell them to stop feeling it. Let them feel it. But to use it as fuel for action and advocacy and to remain compassionate 
toward others and have respect for others as they move forward. Where do we go from here? We go up. We rise. I've been saying for a long time, this is a time to rise. We don't lower ourselves. We rise. We raise our voices. We raise our spirits. We raise our intentions. And we raise our actions. We don't deny reality. We don't embrace denial. We rise. We continue to love regardless. And we take a moment in conversation, whether it be face-to-face or on social media, to pause and think before we speak. And we remember that just like with Donald Trump, although maybe on a much smaller scale, the world is watching us. The people around you are watching you. They're watching how you react. They're watching what you say and how you say it. Your children are watching. Your children are listening and they're learning. It's very important, careful with our words. So where we go from here is a place that's cautious, cautiously optimistic, where we hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And we continue to remind each other to feel what we need to feel and express what we need to express, to be honest with ourselves and true to ourselves and to share our true selves with each other. We're gifts here on this planet, every single one of us. And to allow everyone to share their gift. We have to allow people to continue to speak and continue to stand up and continue to say whatever it is they feel they need to say. That is important now more than ever. Where do we go from here is a place of conversation. And I do hope that every one of you listening will continue to share your thoughts with each other Continue to share your experiences. Uh, I know many of you are sharing experiences that are happening in the world as a result of the election that are not positive ones. Continue to share those because people need to know that's happening. And those of us listening to their experiences need to share resolution. That doesn't mean, I'm sorry that's happening, it's all for the best. It means helping people get to a place of resolution, helping all of us, self-included, figure out how do we address it. It it happens individual to individual, but how do we address it? How do we address it as individuals, as communities, as a nation? And I'm going to give you some reminders for the day. I posted them on my Facebook a couple of days ago, and I'm going to share them now. And this is my advice as far as where do we go from here. This is my advice on how we continue to think and feel in the days, weeks, months, years as we move forward. Positive thinking does not equate to pretending. 
Love does not equate to pretending. It does not equate to enabling. Informing and encouraging awareness does not mean feeding fears. Disagreeing is not the same as disrespecting. Acceptance does not mean embracing denial. Forgiveness does not deny accountability. Confrontation is, inter- is intervention. It spurs growth if employed with care. Conflict is healthy. It means people are being honest. Resolve it. Don't avoid it. Anger is a gift. It alerts us and seeks to protect us from oppression. Hate is a poison that kills you too. Storming is a stage known to group counselors which involves competition and chaos within the group. Conflict occurs and questions arise which must be worked through and addressed for the group to move forward. And last but not least, love conquers all. I'm with love and I ask each of you to figure out where it is where where you stand. Because where do we go from here begs us to ask that question. Where do I stand? Am I with love or am I with hate? I think our numbers are great on the side of love. And I want us to focus on that common ground. And I hope that you will help me in those efforts. Thank you for listening to me today and to all of those who wanted to call but couldn't uh, because you were at work. Thank you for letting me know. And, of course, at some point, I'll have each of you on the show so we can have further discussions because I know this is important. Next week, um, I hope that you will join me as well. Uh, We will be offering a show that I think is also extremely important, the coming holidays. Speaking of gratitude, a show dedicated to offering thanks and gratitude. And I'll open the phone lines again for callers to call in and share their thanks and their gratitude and to even express love specifically to the people who might be listening and those that they've told to listen so they can express their love and thanks and appreciation to those individuals or groups of individuals. Thank you all so much. So grateful for each of you. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll see you here next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central.